This episode of the Death by Birding podcast is brought to you by Knox Provisions. Knox are a binocular brand making a difference. They have plastic-free packaging without dyes or glue, totally recyclable. They have a range of colors and models available to satisfy everyone from beginners to advanced birders. I've been personally using my Pro Issue 10x42s for a few weeks now, and I love them. If you've seen me out birding, I've no doubt spoken to you about these binoculars edge-to-edge clarity, and a close focus of less than two meters, which I adore. They are incredibly durable, fully waterproof, fog-proof, and perfect for every adventure. Not only that, but they have a lifetime warranty, a 30-day no-questions-asked return policy, and free shipping on orders over 85 Australian dollars. Now, this is for Australian listeners only, but if you go to noxprovisions.com.au, so that's N-O-C-S, P-R-O-V-I-S-I-O-N-S dot com dot A-U and enter the offer code hashtag death by birding one word. You will receive an extra 15% off your binoculars. That's hashtag death by birding one word for 15% off. That's the symbol hash, not actually the word hashtag, just the symbol hash death by birding. What have you got to lose? Anyway, happy birding nerds. The Death by Burning podcast is recorded on Ginnybar land. We acknowledge the traditional ownership of all Indigenous peoples across Australia and recognise that sovereignty was never ceded. The traditional custodians of these mountains have been watching birds for thousands and thousands of years. Hey everyone, uh, just popping in before this episode. Uh, if you're wondering why I'm sounding like this, it's because I just had my wisdom teeth out. And I wasn't smart enough to do an intro before. Uh, so I just basically want to let you know that this episode is going to be a little different to the ones you might be familiar with in that it's a very special Lord of the Rings episode uh, that I did with uh, one of my best friends, Liz Friend, who you would know from episode one. So yeah, it's the crossover that nobody asked for uh, and it's Lord of the Rings and birds. So basically just bird watching in Middle Earth. I really hope you enjoy it. Please don't tear us apart if we get any of the facts wrong. All right. Bye-bye. Well, well, welcome to the Death by Birding podcast, where I, your host, Liz Fred, um, talk all what things the fuck birds is going and on? birding. Welcome to Death by Burning. So, yeah. Oh, Liz, it's so lovely to have you back here on the podcast. First ever guest and now... Uh, First returning guest. Yeah, I don't know which episode this is going to come out on, but I, it's definitely not... Probably it's, never. Well, it's not going to be one of the big ones. Put it that way. Like, it's I feel like, like a returning guest should be like 100 episodes or something. Not your best work. <laughs> it's not going to be my best work. If you thought birding was niche, wait until we mix it together with Lord, Lord of the Rings. Of the Rings. Birding. Yeah, because that's what we're here for, right? Yes, what, that's what uh, we're here for. Basically, uh, Liz and I, uh, part of our friendship is not only wildlife, but also just lo- we love Lord of the Rings. Both of us are massive Lord of the Rings fans. I don't think we know a huge amount about Lord of the well, Rings, enough to make a podcast about it. Thinking about this today on the way here, I feel like part of the way that we became friends was because you clocked my token tattoo. Yes, that's true. On the first day that we met, I think. on By like, so, so uh, you've got... A tattoo of Tolkien's illustration of Smaug mm. on your arm. I do, and the tiniest bit of a it tail was, was sticking much. out. It was just, in- <laughs> just a very tip. And I was yeah. like, "Do you have Smaug?" <laughs> and <laughs> your- I also, growing up, I always read that as Smaug, and I cannot get it out of my brain. Oh, Smaug, yeah, yeah. Is it Smaug? Well, I don't know what it is, but I always read it like that when I was growing up. So when you said to me, "Smaug," I was just yeah. like, "Are you okay?" <laughs> <laughs> and evidently, no. <laughs> I'm never sir. okay. I, Do you I, need to sit down? It's probably a good time to mention that throughout this episode, uh, which I'll describe in a second, we will be mispronouncing everything. Words. Oh my god, that's every a feature of me as a person. I <laughs> just like, not just not just stuff. not just um, mystical languages, but English, just the <laughs> language that you've known, you've spoken your whole life, and any foreign language yeah. that I try to learn. 
butchered. <laughs> just terrible. Absolutely. Just butchered. offending every yeah. single person. Speaking, not my strong suit. Yeah, so... Um, so here I am on a podcast using the spoken word as a medium of entertainment. <laughs> yeah, this is great. Great start. Um, so we should describe what we're doing here today. Uh, we thought it would be really fun to do a crossover birding and Lord of the Rings. Because there are birds. In Lord of the Rings. I think they feature pretty heavily. They feature in Lord of the Rings. Yeah. And I know that you're dying to talk about it. Oh, so. my God. I've had so many things. And who is- else? Who else would do this? <laughs> Literally no one. I don't even think that, like, the strictly Lord of the Rings-based podcasts mm. would, uh, would, would even touch this topic. Birds. Like, why would they care? They don't care about birds. No one cares about birds. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> I've got to say. I feel like people care about birds yeah. extraordinarily. But Well, my three listeners certainly do. Yeah. My mom says that she likes birds. Does she? Yeah. 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 Well, your mom's an angel and everyone knows that. So, yeah. <laughs> um, the, the thing is, is that, uh, yeah, like, birds do feature heavily in Tolkien and uh, it's just... These are two things that I love in the world, and I thought, like, why not? Let's do a fun special episode, and we're just going to talk about birds and bird watching within Middle Earth. Uh, I, I kind of don't have any, like, I'm touching all of the content, if that's okay. I'm yeah. Do books, maybe some movie Jump stuff. In. We can. Um, we haven't planned. I mean, I've planned a little bit, but you and I, I haven't. No really, planning. We once I decided that we were going to do this, and it was you, kind of just like a late night night I shift. Do you feel bad because you gave me so much warning? That we were going to do this, and I did not rise to the occasion. <laughs> <laughs> really? In my preparation. Look, that's okay because, uh, as usual, uh, I'm going to carry all. I'm going to pull all the weight. Yeah. Okay. If that's Sounds okay. like every shift we've ever done. <laughs> no, together. it's the opposite. I think. Um, so yeah, I have done a lot of reading, but let's just put it out there. This is a disclaimer for all of the Lord of the Rings nerds out there, you filthy people, that we are not Lord of the Rings experts. We will get stuff wrong. Like, please, if, if my 16-year-old self could hurtle herself into the future to listen, maybe she would be one of those people yeah. to yell at us. Um, but thankfully, I'm not my 16-year-old self anymore. Yeah, Pete, this is a bird-watching podcast, right? And I hardly even get the bird facts right on this pod. So, like, mm. let alone the esoteric Lord of the Rings facts that we're going to share mm. on this episode. But I really hope you guys enjoy this. Uh, I think there's some fun little things that um, I've discovered along the way. And, uh, and yeah, so should we? crack on should yeah. we talk some lord of the rings yeah i would love it if you told me about the first time you read it oh look i wouldn't even know yeah it took me a lot of false starts mm. right um but i like i read the hobbit when i was i think like 10 i was pretty young when i read the hobbit and i was like really i read the hobbit when i was five. Oh shit that's early yeah Maybe I actually now I think about it. I, think I just I was said four. that's a one up. <laughs> actually, I'm thinking about it harder. And I was I was, I was actually like, in the womb. I was like actually three. Reading. I was three. Yeah. I think I could start reading. Um, but oh, yeah, look, uh, I no, I, I don't really remember because I had a, I read The Hobbit. Mm. I remember that strongly. It was before like the movies came out or anything. Mm. It was my mum's old copy. Yeah, I loved it. Mm. Um, and. But the Lord of the Rings, I, I didn't read until after the movies came out. And as a result, I, I found it really hard, hard to get into it. Um, but, um, yeah, so my story with that isn't that great. I've recently re-listened. Uh, like, I've re- recently been listening to the Andy Circus audiobooks, which Amazing. I can definitely recommend. Absolutely incredible. Um but what about you? When was the first time you read Lord of the Rings? It's, and then we can get into birds, okay? Yeah. I promise there's some good bird facts. Well, it's, it's probably really similar. I did read The Hobbit really young, um, really young. Mm. Um, not Probably not five, but probably like seven. Wow, yeah. Yeah, and I carried it around with me for like two years. Oh, shit. And read it every day. Like Sorry, I just, No, <laughs> and I finished reading it and then I carried it around. Sorry. I just loved it yeah. so much. Um, and then I tried. I was the same as you, just- couldn't it, Lord of the Rings yeah. is too hard for a little so kid to big. read, it's and so it's big, yeah. yeah. But I did also just have it in my backpack, and I used to get it out all the time so that the teachers would be like, "Wow, what a yeah. big book you have!" Yeah, yeah. So everyone would think you think you were <laughs> yeah. smart. Yeah, I love but that. But then I I absolutely adored the films when they came out. It's oh, yeah. like probably one of the 
big shining core memories of my childhood was totally. those films coming out. So probably my favorite movies ever. I rewatched mm. them maybe twice a year. Like, yeah, I just absolutely adore those yeah, films. Same. Um, um, and yeah, it's amazing how they can transport you into this other realm and just make you feel magical. We will talk a little bit uh, about how you lived in Middle Earth. For a while, which <laughs> we talked about in the first episode you were ever in, which is episode one of this podcast. Episode one. Um, but first, I did some reading. Of course you did. And I found the best and worst bird watchers of Middle Earth. Oh, my God. Are you excited? I'm so excited. Hit yeah. me. <laughs> Who can you- Let's guess first. Who do you think the best bird watcher of Lord of the Rings is? Gandalf. Wrong. Oh, Mithrin Deer. <laughs> Is what I you, yeah, you should have said <laughs> that. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, best bird watcher. I think it, I think this is a relatively easy one, but maybe not for is the reason. No, the best birder is of course Legolas. Oh, one thing else. But I'm yeah, sure. I know, I know. Well, in in the movies, they obviously Aragorn says, "Oh, Legolas." I am so on the movies. You like them? Yeah, I, yeah. No, I love the books, but I just love the films. Yes, me too. Me too. And I think it's probably eclipsed. Like I've read I've read Lord of the Rings heaps of times. Like heaps and heaps of times, but I've watched those films so much. So many times. I think. Well, look, I I think um a lot of the research I've done is book related mm-hmm. just because there's more bird content in there. But oh, I'm yeah. kind of like touching on, on the movies. Well, but Tolkien loves to describe a leaf for like three pages. Yeah, so so I'm sure there's plenty there's of bird some bird action. stuff. There is some bird stuff. But you, you remember the scene in the in the movie where Aragorn, like slightly racially motivated, says like, Legolas, what do your elven eyes see? <laughs> and it's like, you could just see my eyes. But... Um, <laughs> <laughs> He didn't like you know. Have you seen well, that meme see? of Legolas being like, "Dude, just call them my eyes." Like my Aragorn's <laughs> microaggressions against elves. Um, but in I the think books, you're concerned about Gimli's micro, uh, straight up aggressions. Yeah, straight up. Elves. Yeah. Well, in in the books, uh, it's much less ambiguous. Uh, it's it's Gandalf, and he goes, "You have the keen eyes of your fair kindred, Legolas." Uh, they can tell a sparrow from a finch a league off. Oh, which is so bird specific. That's nice. Yeah, and I looked up how far a league is. How far is the league? <laughs> it's like almost five k. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's a that's, that's a good bird watching. Good bird to be able to distinguish like a sparrow from a finch at five k. I can maybe do it at ten meters. No. <laughs> yeah, with, with, <laughs> with bins. <laughs> yeah. Um. <clears throat> so you know specifically about birds, which I think when I read when I read that in the two towers, I was like, oh my god! I think that was maybe the point where I was like, I could do a bird watch. Like this is bird watching in Middle Earth. Right? That's cool. Who do you think the worst birder in Middle Earth is? Hmm. Don't look at my notes. Um, is it Sauron? You can see I feel everything. like he would be a great bird watcher. It never pays any attention. To anything. You can see everything, never seen a bird no. in his life. No, I, I will give you a hint. Yeah. This person is often disappointing. Pippin. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Pippin. No. Um, Whose name, by the way, is Peregrine. So. Oh, true. His name of is course. a bird. He should be a good birder. Yeah. Um, should I Should I just tell you? Yeah, you should just tell me. Faramir. Oh, oh <laughs> Son disappointing. Of Why is he um, well, so terrible at voting? B- basically, because in the two towers, Faramir sees uh, what's described as a small, dark thing diving and splashing in the pool far below and, and says that gone. he might. <laughs> <laughs> Not even a bird. Wait, let me finish. Okay. Let me finish. <laughs> so Faramir sees like a small, dark thing diving and splashing in uh, like a, fo- a pool far below and says that he think it. M- <laughs> he said that he thought it might be a kingfisher. Turns out it was just Gollum. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I ruined your joke. Yeah, um, <laughs> but just laugh really yeah. hard now. So that- <laughs> um, which I just think is hilarious that literally Faramir thought that Gollum was a kingfisher and that's why he's the worst birder. Unless, Not even in Middle Earth, but in- forever. Unless did the um do the beloved films very inaccurately portray Smeagol? Yeah, maybe Smeagol is more like a kingfisher. <laughs> splashing and in- Yeah, maybe he is more no. bird like than we know him to yeah. be. Boromir would have known it was a kingfisher. <laughs> no. Do you have brothers and sisters? Uh, no. No. I feel like my brother Can is- Can you relate to the well, no, plot I just- of Faramir? Yeah, my brother is so cool. Now He's the coolest Liz guy is- around. Oh, this is like <laughs> now a me. chance for Liz to show. 
It will depend on the manner of your return. return. <laughs> How many birds did you see? <laughs> um, look, talking about Legless's eyes, I did fall down a little bit of a wormhole and um, I, I found a really interesting paper. Mm-hmm. What? Um, yeah, yeah, I found a paper that someone had done on, it was actually by the University of Leicester in the Department of Physics and Astronomy. And um, they released a paper called Legolas, What Do Your Elf Eyes See? Great. Uh, yeah, it was by E. Coleman, T. Nottingham, S. Robinson, and K. Zimmerlag. And uh, basically it's because in The Two Towers, Legolas claims that the yellow-haired riders he described are little more than five leagues away, which is like, what, 20, what we dis- 28 yeah. kilometers almost. Um, so they figured out that um, for him to be able to see a yellow wavelength, so of their hair, mm. uh, at five of uh, five leagues, Legolas would have to be at the height of forty four point one meters, and his pupil dilation would have to be oh, no. eight and a half what millimeters. A <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he could have been on a hill, but that doesn't help. Like the yeah. giant eyes. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, no one ever describes the the elves as looking like owls. No. Um, but it, apparently they could also, uh, the height thing, apparently, apparently owls, uh, not owls, apparently elves, um, can see past the curvature of the earth. So they can see so well that like bends light. So that's what I found out from this really obscure paper from the university of Leicester. It is an obscure paper. And I love to think that those people spent a year, <laughs> probably a while <laughs> writing that. I mean, I, apparently it's something to do it's with published. Um, yeah, apparently something to do with Ray- Rayleigh's criterion. <laughs> Have you heard of this? I'd never heard of it. It's basically like the minimum distance between two point sources that can be resolved into distinct objects. So, like the average human pupil size is about half of Legolas's pupil size. So, we've got like two to four millimeters. Jesus. Yeah, in bright light. <laughs> God. Yeah, yeah. So. That's just a fact. Right. <laughs> Legolas is a freak. So Faramir, terrible bird up. Legolas. Also, here's a fun fun thing. Did you, did you say Legolas or Legolas? Oh. In the smog, smog. I always said Legolas. Yeah, I feel like. Did you say Legolas? Oh, not anymore. I feel like I used to. <laughs> Legolas. I feel like I used to. That's such an Australian pronunciation. <laughs> it's like this beautiful, like ethereal <laughs> elven language. And like Legolas. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit poking, isn't it? <laughs> it's quite poking. <laughs> Legolas. What else um, can I get wrong? Uh, Hermione. <laughs> oh, I used to say that. Yeah, I definitely <laughs> said that. There's that part in, sorry to switch books, but there's that part in the fourth Harry Potter Lots book. Lots of birds in Harry Potter. Where she's teaching. Teaching Victor Crumb to say her name properly, and that was allegedly put in the book so that people would stop saying from it. From Australia, I could pronounce no, it correctly. From everywhere. <laughs> yeah, and particularly Australia. Um, we mentioned kingfishers. Kingfishers are quite birds. a common feature. They are birds. Famously, <laughs> birds. They're quite common feature in Tolkien's writings. Really? Yeah. He's a fan. Like kingfishers. Yeah, well, I guess like Middle Earth is supposed to be like early- Britain. Oh well, yeah. I mean, right. He he wanted Tolkien wanted to write the Lord of the Rings and wrote the whole backstory of Middle Earth as being like a mythology for for the British Isles, I suppose. There you go. Is that right? I don't know. Oh right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought you would. I no. thought you would. I used to I didn't research stuff. it. I used to know so much stuff, and now I know nothing. Uh, apart from the like Kingfisher, the, yeah. to switch books again. Yeah, God, don't do that. <laughs> Fewer birds in Game oh, of Thrones. Oh, I feel like they really, we should have done Game of Thrones. I feel like there's heaps of birds in Game no of Thrones. No cool ones, just uh, the just normal ravens. ones, just ravens, <laughs> craven ravens. Yeah, you're right. I'm going to cut this out. Anyway. Um, <laughs> um, but in, with kingfishers, like apart from the one that uh, wasn't in the little pool that Faramir saw. Um, <laughs> At night. <laughs> there was quite a well-known kingfisher uh, that lived in the old forest. So, you know, the old forest is, in the Shire? Yeah, where the- Tom Bombadil yeah. is hanging out with his smoking hot wife. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tom Bombadil, of course, who's like this god Probably a good birder, I'd say. Oh, Tom Bombadil. Birder. Although, it's quite- Not fun. a list keeper, though. Not a lister. No. I think he would have it in his head. Yeah. If people don't know who Tom Bombadil are, because he didn't like- Tom Bombadil is in the not- movies, in the- No, not no. at all. Um, I feel like it was a good cut. 
yeah, love you, Tom, Bo- I Tom Bombadil. You, I'd love it. You love famously it. dislike Tom Bombadil. No, I like Tom Bombadil. I just feel like it's distracting from the story. They're in the Barrow Downs for like 10 years. <laughs> and Are they? No, 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 no. Not in book time, in my reading time. They're yeah. In there <laughs> yeah, a long time. For like 10 years. And then Tom Bombadil comes along. There's like this interlude yeah. and then it's like got nothing to do with the rest of the plot. It's, I like it. I like it a lot. It's yeah. distracting though. But he's and almost, yeah. Imagine it in film time. It would be like Rivendell yeah, before be Rivendell. Weird. It's the sort of thing that if they ever did like a television series, like he would you be could a chuck it in Yeah, there would be like and a whole episode. In later seasons, they'd be like, whatever happened to that guy? Yeah. Well, it's a good question because like he, he's almost this godlike, whimsical mm. character, right? They're like- um, who can he actually carries the ring at one point and has no effect, effect on him. him. He puts it on and it doesn't make him and invisible. It, yeah, and so he's potentially he's the like, most huh, powerful hmm. creature in all of Middle Earth. Um, but he he does have like a bit of a feud with the Kingfisher, which I think is funny. <laughs> like just hates this Kingfisher that lives around. Yeah. Yeah. So like it basically there's this quote like it jestfully harassed Tom Bombadil, who in return compared it to a weathercock and commented that despite its lordly appearance, it lives in a dirty home. Oh my god. <laughs> this is like what a quip. Wow. So you look like a weathercock and put that in my back pocket. Yeah, and just be like you look like a weathercock and live in a dirty home. <laughs> you kingfisher. <laughs> you kingfisher. <laughs> despite your lordy appearance. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. <clears throat> Do you know what weathercock is? Though? No, I didn't know I what it was. I had to look is. it up. Yeah. It's just those things that people put on their roofs for like, you know, like they're shaped like a, a chicken. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Apparently- oh, so you're saying you're a useless bird. You're not even a real bird. You're well, just a piece of tin on the roof that blows around in the wind. That's how I interpreted it until I realized that people used to kill, like catch it, like kill kingfishers and then use them for that exact purpose, Excuse for weather vanes. <laughs> there was a superstition that they would always, like, face in a certain direction or something. So, yeah, they would, like, <clears throat> they'd mummify the kingfisher and extend the wings and suspend them from a thread. What? And then, like, yeah, it would show the direction of the wind and the posture would, like, always turn its beak. Even, and, like, they people believe that even inside the house it would, like, tell you which direction the wind was. Who was sitting on that ethics committee? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> A few Queenslanders, I think. Yeah. Same guy who put the uh, canary in the mine. Yeah, exactly. Same dude. Probably Tom Bombadil. To yeah, be honest, Tom sounds Bombadil. like he yeah. might have like just put that idea in there. But yeah, like I just love that he had this fucking little feud with a with a kingfisher. And um like there's that little poem in the books which is like talk less, fisher blue, keep your kindly wishes, fly off and preen yourself with the bones of fishes. Yeah. Okay. Nice guy, Tom Bombadil. Why remi- I always imagine him being so jolly and like just fucking hates this one kingfisher and- though. Yeah, yeah. It reminds me like when I was um, visiting my grandparents in the in the south of France, like my French grandparents. My grandfather just had this like ongoing feud with a squirrel that kept I on eating his hazelnuts. That. And I we- love <laughs> yeah. that. And That's we kept some on like storybook shit right yeah, there. We kept on like he would just be like talking and eating my our dinner, and then he'd like look out the window and he'd see this squirrel like eating his hazelnuts from the window. He'd just start yelling. He's like. Minoisette! Oh, and he'd like run down and he'd like chase this squirrel off. It was like so, it was like the same squirrel, like see him and he'd be like, ah! and like run away. <laughs> I just like love that image. It's like just my, my grandfather's mortal enemy is this, this one red squirrel that keeps on eating his hazelnuts. That's incredible. Yeah, it's like, um, can you remember what Tom Bombadil was wearing? Oh, because there's a pretty important feature. Mm. He has got a hat with he's a feather got- in it, right? Yeah. 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 So he's got like that famous blue jacket, yeah. yellow boots, yeah, the yellow- tatty hat with a blue feather in it. Yeah. Right. The feather from that kingfisher. Oh. <laughs> but apparently it was like when it was Is pissing- that why they're feuding? No, apparently it was like pissing him <laughs> off and then um, it flew away and lost a big feather. So he put it in his hat. Yeah. Right. Kind of cool. Called him macaroni. <laughs> What? I don't get the joke. Called him macaroni. Yeah, that, that, that nursery rhyme. No. Stuck a feather in his hat and called him macaroni. I don't know it. <laughs> it's Yankee Doodle. <clears throat> anyway, <laughs> Yankee moving on. <laughs> Should we you talk? You and I had different childhoods. Shall we talk about? I think you know where this is going. The Eagles. Eagles. Yeah. Should we talk about the great eagles? Let's put it to bed, Caesar. I think we have to. Tell us about the eagles. There's so much controversy around these damn eagles. Well, people say it to you. Like, people who watch Lord of the Rings. Yeah. They see Gandalf. Yeah. 
on the back of an eagle. <laughs> and they're like, what the fuck? <laughs> this seems like a plot hole. <laughs> um, yeah. So do you want to tell people who just casually watch Lord of the Rings? Well, look, before we go into the controversy, let's describe what they are. Because I think it's important. Go on. I think it's important to know. Tell because, me. Tell me um, what they are. And look, uh, I don't want to get too technical with all this stuff. Like, Did sure, you write a paper on it? I did not write a paper <laughs> on it. But, like, yeah, sure, I could say that they're beings of Arda said to have been devised by Manwe Solimo, leader of the Valar, and were often called Eagles of Manwe. Sure, I could say that. But, like, they're basically just big eagles. They're big eagles. <laughs> they're just big eagles. Smart, it's big smart, eagles. Smart, big eagles with questionable motives. Yeah, because we see them a couple of times, like, in the books and in yeah. the movies. Like, famously, Gandalf summons one to save him from Saruman's tower, like the Tower mm. of Orthanc. Mm-hmm. Um, they save the Dwarven Company and the Hobbit from the wargs, mm-hmm. right? And um, they also carry Sam and Frodo away from Mount Doom at the end of the quest. They do. So, like... Let's just – the controversy is why, why didn't they carry drop, the ring? Just drop the ring off. Not ready to tell just you. Little, Let's keep talking about the Just a little Middle <laughs> Earth Eagles. post. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but, like, basically uh, – this is kind of cool. I wanted to find out, like, where the inspiration for the eagle, Eagles came from, from Tolkien. Right? Oh, cool. Okay. So I was like, I'm curious to know if, like, he based on any real Eagles. And what I found was that, um, like – so giant morally gray eagles yeah, of the past. Morally gray. <laughs> like Tolkien um, did a painting of an eagle, right, for one of the like on a crag, and it was in like some early editions of the Hobbit. I don't know if you've seen this painting. I don't know because you know, like Tolkien did a Is lot of Is this going in artwork. the direction of Battle Royale? No, damn. No, I was I hoping was, we could do a tie into like the last. Thing. <laughs> um, no, but basically, uh, like. Tolkien did a lot of his own illustrations early on, like all the old covers. Of I the know, books. yes, that was Tolkien. Yeah. Like the illustrations, those famous of ones of Rivendell, on the of yeah, like the Hobbit. That was Tolkien. This this man that you've got in your arm, like mm. he, he drew that as well. But he did um, like this beautiful watercolor of an of one of the eagles on this crag for the Hobbit. Um, and according to his son Christopher Tolkien, um, uh, the author based this picture on a painting by Archibald Thorburn of an immature golden eagle. Mm-hmm. Right, big um, eagle. Big Eagle, which Christopher uh, found this book for him in The Birds of the British Isles by T.A. Coward. However, I like, sit high on my horse of having the last name friend here. Like, yeah. <clears throat> anyway, it, it's worth it's worth noting that like just because he used the illustration doesn't mean he meant them to be golden eagles. However, he was a coward. I went and found this illustration. Oh. I've got a bit of controversy to share with you. Show right? it to me because here. Is Tolkien's oh. illustration of the eagle quite nice? Yeah, quite a beautiful illustration, right? There's the original illustration oh, from the book. Did it? Mm, oh, I think is it, is it a trace on. job? <laughs> <laughs> this I, is like me when I'm five years old. Like, hey, mom, look at this drawing that I did. <laughs> yeah, this is. It's not even like ambiguously like similar. It's the exact same bird. Like down to every single. That's not feather. an homage. No, <laughs> it's not an interpretation. It's not a cover. It's like he's um, just. Can you describe what we're looking at? So, so yeah, can so originals we're looking joke? at um, Tolkien's so-called original illustration of one of the great eagles standing on a crag, overlooking some mountains. It's this beautiful uh, postured eagle. It looks enormous. There's one flying in the background. And then if we go back to this other book, uh, so which was the um, the Birds of the British Isles by T.A. Coward, uh, there is a big eagle standing there. None of the other stuff is in there, right? So it's we, we should say that eagle. it's just the eagle Close itself in. is almost completely identical. Um, I'd say that if this was a modern drawing that they had just cut it out and pasted yeah. it. Yeah, it's it's the same. If you saw, if someone it's was like, copy. "Here's my original piece of art," and then you went and saw that they, it's like here's someone a, else's exact. It's like, like here's a here's a here's a picture I drew of my aunt sitting on the couch, and it's like a lounge room and a woman sitting on the couch, but it's the Mona Lisa. <laughs> But anyway, look, I, I'm not here to talk shit about Tolkien. I just thought it was interesting when I looked it up. I love I was like, that we always end up talking shit, shit about, about our heroes. About, <laughs> In the first like David episode, Adbra, we ripped on adore, David Attenborough. Like, and Tolkien as well. I, I, look, I think a lot of artists obviously like take inspiration or they copy other illustrations to get their ideas. Mm. I just thought it was particularly <laughs> similar. Yes. Uh, 
but anyway, let's let's move on from there. Um, because like basically like okay, in regards to the Eagles themselves, like this is pretty nerdy. But basically, there's uh, a lot of almost hierarchy in Tolkien's world, right? Would you think like so? Um, particularly around like the spiritual entities or gods that created the world. There's like the Valar um, and, you know, who supposedly like these ancient beings. I've read three pages of the Silmarillion. I know what you're talking about. (laughs) Wow. You got to page three. (laughs) I got to page three. Um, I'm sure we're upsetting a lot of people by talking. No, I feel like that is the most relatable thing we've probably said this entire (laughs) podcast. (laughs) Um, But there was like quite a complex origin to all these things in the Silmarillion. But the, the, the Valar, which are basically like the gods that created everything in Middle Earth, um, they also created these incredibly powerful and knowledgeable birds, which are the great eagles, right? Um, apparently, they would have been around six meters tall, right? according to the books, and with a wingspan of no more than 23 meters. To put that <laughs> into comparison, I looked up how big a golden eagle is, and its uh, wingspan's about, like, gets to about 2.3 meters. So, so it's 10 just times upscaled. bigger. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so arguably large enough to carry a ring. <laughs> Probably. We're getting there, Liz. We're getting to the ring. <clears throat> All right. There are a few notable great eagles. Uh, have you heard of Thorondor, <laughs> who is the largest? <laughs> who was slightly bigger than 23 metres. He was uh, apparently, uh, wingspan was 55 metres. Good God. So big. <laughs> How many um, leagues? I think you say cricket pitches. <laughs> <laughs> Two. <laughs> Just to get it into like a scale, a scale that you that can. That I understand. Yeah. Um, no, how many leagues is that? I'd say about over two. Almost two. <laughs> Did yeah. we say leagues? No, no, sorry. Sorry, I'm so sorry. I forgot how long a league was. 11, okay, 11 leagues. It <laughs> it's not easier. 11 leagues then. Okay. God, okay. Um, and of course, we all know Gwahir, the Wind Lord. <laughs> Of course. <laughs> Which is like the Lord of the Eagles in the Third Age, <clears throat> the one who saved Gandalf from Orthanc. Ah. Um, what was his name? <laughs> it was only in Gwahir. <laughs> Which, by the way, only in researching this was I like, that's a great <laughs> insult for someone that farts a lot. <laughs> What's up, Gwahir, the Wind Lord? <laughs> Don't you reckon? Are we going to bring that in? so good. We're going to use yeah. that. Someone keeps farting. You're yes. like, oh, we got a, whole, a regular Gwahir the Wind Lord over here. <laughs> Lord of the Eagles coming into land. <laughs> it's a good one. It's hey? good. I like it. I like it. Um, anyway, so, yeah, the, the Eagles appeared... Um, like in the Battle of the Five Armies by the Lonely Mountain and were, like, crucial in the victory over the orcs and the wargs um, in The Hobbit. Uh, so much so that the Lord of the Eagles, Gwahir, um, Wind Lord, was proclaimed king of all birds and uh, was given a golden crown. <laughs> this is, by whom? <laughs> this is funny. They're like, you are now... I like the weird stuff in The Hobbit. That's it's a like, king of all birds he's, now. He actually invented golf by, like, you know, like all the strange... Oh, um, yeah, about the like, Hobbit inventing sides. golf. Yeah. Like, just <laughs> basically implied that they're just Scottish people. <laughs> the thing is great as well. All right. <clears throat> Should we go into it? Yeah, yes. Once and for all, the question that everyone asks, why didn't the Eagles take the ring and drop it into Mordor? Which is an annoying question because just who cares why? Just go with it. Not even real. Just go with the story. Suspend the disbelief. Let's but, just put this cursed question to bed once and for all, shall we? Well, before you tell me the real answer, yeah. what did you always like think was the answer to that? Because obviously everyone thinks about it. Why didn't the Eagles take them? Why yeah. do you think that the Eagles didn't take it? Oh, I think I, 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 there are a few things that I didn't realize, mm. but I always thought that it was because, like, they would just get shot out of the sky. And I always were, thought that it was because you couldn't trust them to do it. Like, I, like you can't trust Gandalf to have it. So, would it surprise you if I told you we were both correct? No, it wouldn't surprise me at all. Right. Because <laughs> we're both incredibly intelligent. <laughs> yes, and we know a lot about and we Lord know of the Rings. So much stuff. <laughs> um, but yeah, look, I know this has been described over and over again in, in tedium um, by other sources, but like, here we go. Tolkien nerds, please don't rip me don't apart. Come this. For don't come Don't get too mad if I get this wrong. But from what I can tell, there are a few. There are reasons. a few reasons. Reason one, right? 
and uh, kind of what I was saying, the Eagles are enormous. <laughs> they have a 23-meter wingspan. They are not an inconspicuous bird. The whole point of the fellowship, right, was to keep the movement of the ring secret, and a bunch of giant birds would fuck that up. Yeah. And Sauron, by the way, who is a giant eye... In the sky. <laughs> right. Um, would either shoot them from the sky as they tried to enter Mordor, or his winged Nazgul would, would take, take them, them out. Would take them, yeah. So, like, I think that alone is a good reason. It's just a bad military tactic. Because just as one cannot simply walk into Mordor, one cannot simply, simply dive bomb Mordor no. either. No, they famously have these other big flying things. Yeah. It's just a bad military tactic. Can right? you do a Nazgul call? No, can you? No, probably, but <laughs> don't, maybe don't. after a few more drinks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Reason two? Okay. Um, eagles have their own shit going on. They do. <laughs> they, they don't like... No one thinks about them no. and their like agendas. Everyone's and... like, why didn't the eagles carry the ring they from Mordor? They were doing eagle stuff. They had eagle stuff to do. Leave them like, alone. They're kind of like the Ents in that they're like <laughs> super old and they don't really care for all this other stuff going on between men. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, there's a good chance that Gandalf couldn't even summon the attention of enough eagles to get the job done in the first place if he wanted to. Yeah. They may, might not have come. They're not that interested in the ring. They don't care. They, they, they have other stuff. wizards off towers, but that's about it. Yeah, and like o- often, just because they were already there, they were like, "Ah, what's going on here?" Yeah, they're like, uh, "Come on, yeah, jump on." You're all right. Jump on the back. Reason three <clears throat> uh, doesn't explain why they couldn't carry the ring bearer, but uh, logically, or um, rather, um, logistically, they are too big to enter. <laughs> Also, the mountain. I think most importantly, unless you have another fact, do you have an, another reason? I, I do. What's I, the other reason? I do, but they are like that. They are too big to enter that little. Like in order to get inside yeah. the mountain, they would be too big. They couldn't do it. They just have to hoik it in and hope for the best. Yeah, it's not. That's not worth it. No. Final reason, right? And this is what you were saying that these are ancient and powerful creatures and the ring is all corrupting. If Gandalf didn't feel right handling the ring, then Gwahir the Wind Lord. Probably wouldn't have mm. either, right? Mm-hmm. Too powerful, mm. which is Too kind much. of what you were going to say. Yeah, it is. But I also just think that's dumb. Like, <laughs> like, like it's not a good story. Yeah, well, that's right. That's it would have ruined reason. the story that's if just, it was yeah, like if no dumb. one would have read that. Like, they get novella. to Rivendell, they're at the Council of Elrond, and yeah. they're like, you know what? Let's just let's just send it. Talking, just send it. <laughs> <laughs> just a, end, what, end of the story. What if the whole book... Snooze. Like, what if the whole book Mm-mm. had been like, just keep it secret and keep it safe? They'll never find it. Yeah. And that was the end of the book. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like, hit it under oh, that's pillow. easy. Done. Yeah. They're not... They have... No, you know, luckily we got to Gollum in time. They don't know where it is. It's all good. It's fine. It's all gravy. And no everyone will forget it. We'll bury... You know what? We'll even bury it. Yeah. It's fine. Done and dusted. Um, so talk- that's the most important reason. That would be shit. In this, it, would it would be, be a, a terrible book. Story. It would be a bad book. Yeah. Um, Tolkien said this of the eagles in a letter, that the eagles are a dangerous machine. I have used them sparingly, and that is the absolute limit of their credibility or usefulness. There you go. So I think- Heard it from the big man himself. <laughs> from the big guy. <laughs> I think we've answered that question once yep. and for all. Please don't ever ask anyone ever again. In the bin. That is why the eagles I'm didn't no carry the ring to Mordor. Done. Yeah. You fucking nerds. <laughs> uh, what else do I have here? Thrush. Oh, the bird. Excuse me. No, sorry. Not the... <laughs> sorry. No, not the inspection. Just the, the bird. <laughs> I can't help with it. I've told you so many times to see a doctor. Um, the thrush. Are you talking about um, in Dale? Yeah, I'm talking about in Dale. What do you know about it? Um, he talks to... Uh, what's his name? Bard? Yeah. Yeah, Literally. tells him stuff. Because tells in the stories. Hobbit movies... I haven't seen them. Oh, that's not a, a um, terrible thing. I, oh, I might have seen one. Well, I, in the Hobbit movies, it's implied that the thrush is communicating with the dragon, Smug, and telling him that they're, like, outside. What? No, he's an ally. Yeah, yeah, I know. To Dale. I know. Well, in the in the books, like, so the they thrush didn't... is an ancient species of thrush that would communicate with the people of Dale, and the thrush in the books communicated with Bard the Bowman yeah. of Smag's only weak spot, right? He told them. He told them about the weak spot under the scale, and, like, that's literally the reason why the Bard was able to kill the dragon by shooting the black arrow. So did they make During Lake him Town's evil? destruction. Did they yeah, they him made, him a, made him a bastard. Oh no! They ruined the thrush. Oh, that—that's. I'm glad I didn't see that. I would have been upset. You'd be like, "There's my friend, the yeah. bird." 
That's all I've got in thrush. <laughs> Good. <laughs> um, what other birds can you, if you think of Lord of the Rings? Wow. What other birds do you think of? There is a magpie in Lord of the Rings. No, really? In the movie. No. Yeah? Really? Do you know where no, it is? No, 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 no. I haven't seen this at all. Tell me. It's in, I wonder if you can guess where oh, it is. There's a magpie in Lord mm. of the Rings. I know that in, well, you haven't seen it, but in The Hobbit, there are some birds that live inside of Radagast the Brown's head. Oh. But I don't, I didn't look into that at all. I also haven't, no, I was, no. Okay. No, no, it's I know not- they're shitting all over his hair and it's disgusting, <laughs> oh. but I don't know what they are. Um, I'm trying to think of a hint that won't immediately give it away. There's a magpie in, as in, oh, do you mean an Australian magpie? Yeah. Oh, you don't mean, oh. It's not a character, it's just there. It's in the background. Yeah. I should have fact-checked this so the, by visualising it before I tell you about it on your podcast, so, but oh, I always look at it every good time. Good thing about the pod. Every time, yeah, you I just edit it out. out if I'm wrong. Is this a wild magpie in the in the movies? It's ornamental. It's ornamental. It's an ornamental oh, magpie. She, I don't know. Tell me. I'll try and give you a hint. No, I don't want to. I hint. want a hint. Just tell me the thing. It's in She Loves Web. Oh, is there a taxidermied dead magpie yeah. inside the web in Shelob's lair? I think so. <gasps> That's huge. I didn't know that at all. Well, I'm sure there is because I always look at the bird. I'm sure it's a magpie. Do they have Australian magpies in New Zealand? They're over there. Yeah. Are they? I, Are they feral? Fuck, I don't don't I don't know now. Like, I don't have the internet. I don't want to be the spokesperson for, for the country. <laughs> I'm sure that they've seen them there though. You've been there like yeah. once. <laughs> I've, I've spent some time there. So, so actually, so they are over there. I am yeah. correct. I have seen stuff. I just question my memory. Yeah. So they've got they've got feral magpies that have been introduced in New Zealand. Sure. No, I'm going to say 99 percent now. Just I reckon that's right. It's because actually, it would be more ethical for them to put in it's like there. a feral species sure that's probably been culled, and then they put a taxidermy to put it in the movie. That's crazy. I didn't know that. They go. Oh, Liz. It's been worth having Bird you on fact. the podcast <laughs> for that one fact. Yeah, I appreciate go. that. That's yeah. great. Yeah. And then, I mean, we could talk about birds and the filming of Lord of the Rings extensively because, you know. No, I don't know. Well, oh, well, there are a lot of indigenous birds in New Zealand and yeah. to do any kind of like clearing works, construction works, they got to work in with the birds. Yeah. So, so tell like me about that. What do you location. know about it? I know that. Because I often think that when I, I see the films. Done, see, I should have done research, but. I do know off the top of my head that Edoras yeah. is only filmed from the air from one angle because there was no fly zones, like, on the other side of that mountain. Really? Yeah. Because of what birds? Dotterals, I think. Oh, no way. I think so. Because I often think this when they're, like, trampling through swamps yes. and stuff. I'm like, wow, I wonder what kind of environmental permits they would have had to get because yeah. they'd be, like, New Zealand has a lot of very endangered species. Yeah. Yeah, Exactly. And, yeah, yeah wow. so I do know that Edoras particularly – well, fuck, I don't believe anything that I'm saying. I should have fact-checked all of <laughs> I should have fact-checked all of this. But if, I'm sure that Edoras – If anyone believes anything was, they hear in this podcast, that's their own problem. It was filmed only from one angle because there they, there was no fly zones for their cameras, like that's aerial great. cameras. I love that. Um, so that it would not interfere. I'd be so the, curious to know if, like, any of – during the filming, if they saw kiwis or anything Oh, they would have like seen that. so much shit. They were, like, all That's amazing. Up. Maybe if, like – I know Billy Did Boyd you- or Don Monaghan are listening. They can tell us. <laughs> Do you think they are? <laughs> I don't, don't think so. Um, to be honest, no. <laughs> no, no, to answer that question. But did you hear very recently, or actually not very recently, uh, 2014, 15, Go on. Taylor Swift right. was in trouble because she was filming a music video on a beach in New Zealand and had a permit to have two vehicles on the beach yeah. and had something like 20. Oh, no Taylor really? Swift slander. I love her, but I've heard, I remember reading about that. Well, Taylor Swift, another person with a bird, bird name. name. She should have been more Swift. respectful. I know. A fish <laughs> and a bird a name. Brethren. A fish for a Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> Swift um, is a bird. Mm. That's crazy. Yes. But it's good that New Zealand cares about their wildlife enough, though, to put those things into place. Yeah. And well, them. and also, when I uh, visited Hobbiton, have you visited Hobbiton? I've never been to New Zealand. I've visited Hobbiton a few times, and one of the times that I was there, they talked about when they were constructing Hobbiton yeah. and filming there, the noise of the frogs was too loud for oh. filming and they got a frog catcher in no. to remove all the frogs no. and then put them back 
after they, put them they back? were done. I love like, that. Like to catch and hold the frogs. Oh, no way. While they filmed their scene and then put them back. That's amazing. Yeah. I think that. Um, but fun, what's funny is that those were probably bell frogs, invasive from Australia. Oh, to be do you that really loud. reckon? You think so? I reckon. Like to be loud like that. Oh, there you go. I'm going to quickly turn on my Wi-Fi because I'm pretty sure I should have more information in here and it's not here. I wrote on my lunch break. Well, I have all – the only information I brought is in my brain, so – I love this. But this is great because the stuff that I researched – I should have prepared for this. I should have researched. I'm sure you have enough information just like in your brain about, you know, New Zealand – because mm. <laughs> I, I bet you, though, that there'd be locations that they couldn't uh, have filmed in because of, like, kakapo or stuff. I well, probably not kakapo. But, um, no, I feel like – I don't know what I was going to say. I don't – what I was going to say was that I feel like I'm not the, the best person to be a spokesperson for I'm everything st- in New Zealand. You I'm should starting get to think you're not from- even the best person to have on this podcast. Mm, at all. Yeah. <laughs> no, you should have someone from New Zealand to be a guest on your podcast yeah. to talk about. But we're not here to talk about New Zealand. But, we're here to talk about <laughs> Lord of the Rings. Yeah, you're right. Um, it's bothering me that I can't load my thing. I suppose, like, something that I discovered while reading this, I suppose it's something I already kind of knew. But what I think is incredible is that, obviously, these f- stories that Tolkien wrote uh, ended up about Middle Earth, ended up being filmed in somewhere like New Zealand, obviously because it looks incredible, but also... It had giant eagles. It literally had the biggest eagles that we, like, that ever existed on Earth that we're aware of mm-hmm. were in New Zealand. It kind of is Middle Earth. That's kind of fated, hey? Yeah. Do you mm. know about these eagles? Yeah. Have we spoken about this on the last uh, episode? Uh, the Hasts eagle? Yeah. Did we? I don't know if we did. Anyway, they're big. They're big. Predators to Moa. They right. yeah, which like by the way, the moa is yeah something like a two hundred and thirty kilogram bird as Large well. Bird. It looked like a, a giant eagle. Looked like your mum. No. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> she's a giant bird, <laughs> but your mum's yeah, a she's giant elegant bird. Elegant and powerful. Is yeah, what no, I meant by that. Um, Respect. But the Huss eagle, so it's it's an extinct species of eagle, we should say, that lived in the South Island of New Zealand, <laughs> commonly accepted uh, to be the. I'm gonna. Fuck this pronunciation up. Oops, but it's can I look? Polkai. Polkai? Of Maori legend? Of Maori legend? Um, but, yeah, it was basically the largest eagle to have ever existed um, with an estimated weight of, like, 15 kilos. That's large. It's a big bird. That is what my corgi weighs. <laughs> there you go. Really? Yeah. yeah. Um, but they became extinct around, like, the like the European year, like, four, like maybe beginning of the 15th century, 1400s, um, and, like, following the arrival of the Maori onto New Zealand, um, who outcompeted it. They didn't hunt it, but they outcompeted it for the prey of the moa. Mm. The giant emu-like rat height bird, Big. which weighed 230 kilos. So, if it can hunt a 230-kilo emu, it, it can, can definitely kill you. It can carry a ring. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it can carry a ring. But it's very possible that it hunted um, oh, and killed totally. humans. Like, the thing I found weird about this bird was that it had like a relatively short wingspan compared to its body. Not 23 meters or um, <laughs> a cricket pitch. No, <laughs> how many cricket pitches? Um, like it really only had a maximum wingspan of like three meters, which isn't that much larger than like a wedge tail eagle. No. But it was much heftier. Heftier. It didn't need big wingspans. A robust. And apparently bird. it meant that it could really like hunt. In the like the forest scappy and stuff. of eagles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's short wingspan, so like dissimilar in that sense to the mm. to the great eagles. The corgi of, of eagles, even. Uh, are they <laughs> short and stocky? You said right. Yeah, mm. not like corgis aren't famed hunters. Mm. <laughs> Have you met Navy? No. Um, she would eat anything. Really, including the ring of power. <laughs> <laughs> she uh, ate a blue bottle once at the beach. Oh, God. Yeah. Far out. Yeah. Anyway. Well, yeah, I just I just kind of think it's amazing that this story that was written by Tolkien then filmed in the real middle, kind of like New Zealand is the real Middle Earth in that sense. Totally. Do you reckon? Did it feel well, like that when you were there? It it does. It does feel like that. Um, but I, I, it feels like that 
I wonder if it's because of the imagery. Yeah, but the reason Lord that of the Peter Rings Jackson is filmed so on location and with yeah. real like panorama like views, yeah, real mountains like real landscapes, is the new one. Rings the new power. one's not. It's not filmed in New Zealand, is it? Yeah, we're not going to talk about that. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> we're ignoring that. Okay. Um, but can you think of any other birds? I want like. Can you think of any other depiction of birds in the movies or the books, whichever you like? But I think there's like some pretty famous scenes. Is there an ant that has birds? Oh, I don't know about that. That's not what I'm indicating. Oh, at least you're getting at something. Think uh, when I say birds, plural. Oh, the, the Sauron's eyes, spies. Sauron's, his ravens. Sauron's, yeah, yeah. Saruman. 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 Yeah. He has like a flock of, mm. of some kind of corvid. He does. That does all his bidding for Outside him. of Moria. So I, I tried to look into this and basically um, I, Tolkien <clears throat> Tolkien called them uh, Crabane. Okay. Which are like a corvid, but like maybe a smart corvid. I couldn't really- Corvid's famously stupid. <laughs> yeah, which are already smart birds, yeah. right? Um, but, yeah, there's even this, like, quote from Balin in The Hobbit, which was- Oh, do you say Balin? Is it Balin? I say, well, Balin. again, little Bogan Liz said Balin. Oh, yeah, well, that's- Like, it's either Balin or Balin. Not as Balin. Balin. <laughs> what are you, <laughs> you Balin, hey? <laughs> <laughs> Um, he has this quote which goes, I only wish he was a raven, said Balin. I thought you didn't, you did not like them. You seemed very shy of them when you came this way before, said Bilbo. Those were crows, the nasty, suspicious looking creatures at that. But the ravens are different. So he ah, likes, likes he ravens. He likes ravens, does not like crows. Not crows. So maybe crows were uh, the ones that spoke to Saruman. Saruman. Yeah. Mm. I don't know. Couldn't find much else. Look like Fantastic spies. eyebrows and fingernails, Saruman. Yeah, you know, really, I, really um, robust. I, oh, this is this might be a controversial point. Is it about eyebrows? <laughs> yeah, yeah, not a fan. <laughs> no, I, I'm not sure that Christopher Lee did Saruman's character justice. Oh, I think he's an amazing actor. I think and he's an metal amazing, singer. Great metal singer yeah. also might have killed a guy. I'm not sure. Might have I've seen stuff. Of, yeah, like might have like murdered people during the war. Anyway, we're not going to oh, go into that. Is it murder? Or is well, it's just- that whole thing about he's like told Peter Jackson, is like people don't scream like that when they get stabbed in the back. This is oh. how they scream. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Because like he, he was like famously involved in like, espionage and stuff. I didn't know that. Yeah. Let's wow. talk about Christopher Lee in a bit. But I, I think I love Christopher Lee's performance as Saruman. I really Great love the performance. Sar- I just, having read the books, I think that the character of Saruman is much less transparent. Yeah. In the film, it's like, this guy's a bad guy. He's a bad dude. Yeah. Right? Like, Whereas, like, the character of Saruman in the books is supposed to he be tricks he's charming. You. Yeah. And he's, and he's like, and he could almost sway anyone in the room. Like, there's a point yeah. where he's just done all this stuff. They get him into the tower. Mm. And all the all of Theoden's men are, like, just kind of like, oh, well, actually, no, he's right. Yeah. Like, they're all swaying and they even Theoden like, is like- He's such a baddie in- Yeah. But I feel he's like- He's such a, yeah, three-dimensional villain. I love Saruman in, in the books. Suave. I really You're and, right. And the fact and that And he tricks Gandalf. Like, when you watch when you watch the film, you're like, yeah. Gandalf, bro, mate, what are yeah. you doing? Yeah, yeah. Come on. And there's a lot that Peter Jackson did differently in the book, which I don't think like- Which I'm a huge fan of. I love the films. I, I think- love the films. I don't have an issue with them. I also don't generally have issues with adaptations of books because yeah. I think that it's a different thing. Mm. You can't be attached to a, a book going into a, a, an adaptation. It's always going to be different. Mm. Um, however, yeah, I just think of that character of some and like the fact that- he wasn't the moment that Gandalf entered. He wasn't Saruman the White anymore. Mm. He was Saruman of many colors, um. and his cloak 
Gandalf noticed that the cloak would shimmer. Saruman and his Technicolor Dreamcoat. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, you know, there's that way, like, there's something, I can't, you know, I'm paraphrasing, but there's a way in the books that describes how Saruman yeah, would move. Yeah, I do remember and that. Gandalf is like, ooh, there are more colors in the white than he yeah. previously noticed in the way that it's kind of moved. And mm. I really love that depiction. It's more subtle. But anyway, this isn't a podcast about Saruman. <laughs> and also, I, I still think. Because I still think that um, what's his name, Christopher Lee's performance as Saruman was incredible. Like I so love, good. I love that so much. I love that so much. Um, so look, we've spoken about kingfishers. We've spoken about Faris. We've spoken, we've spoken about, about what? kingfishers. <laughs> we've spoken about sparrows, finches, eagles, thrush, corvids—all basically birds that we have in the real world, right? And magpies. And magpies, but in the books, yeah. I'm saying no, that you're right. Most of the time. They were birds that even like great eagles, like, okay, they're different. Yeah. And the, the corvids were different, but they were based on stuff. I found one bird that Tolkien completely Made bird. invented. Yeah. Made up bird. It's kind of exciting because it was from Numenor. And it was in his description of Numenor. It had, there was a bird, like an endemic bird that lived on Numenor that went extinct when the, uh, when the whole island sunk. Oh. And it was called the Karinki. Oh, Karinki. Yeah. And it lived on Numenor and... Uh, which is, of course, where the people of Aragorn descended. They were like the ancient race of men from the north, I want to say. Uh, and the Dúnedain, who are the rangers, are descendants of that, as are Denthor and Faramir. Anyway, <laughs> that's very, very nerdy. Uh, but the island eventually sunk into the sea, and that's why these birds went extinct. And they were described as being no bigger than wrens, scarlet-coloured, <gasps> and they're like bright red, and with high-piping voices that the men could barely hear. Oh. I know. And uh, it's unknown what happened to them when the island was lost, but they probably went extinct. Rough. Yeah. Cute. I know. What did you call it? Karinki. Karinki. I might be mispronouncing that. Probably. I think it was described in Silver. Oh, no. Unfinished Tales, I believe. Uh, I have that on the bookshelf. Never read it. Unfinished, if you will. Yeah, I like the illustrations. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But other than that, like, the only other stuff I have is about Tolkien, right? So, like... um, I discovered that Tolkien was part of a group of Oxford writers called the Inklings. I knew this you already. Did? Yes, I knew that did as you? a fact. So you would know that they would gather and read each other parts of their books. And is it not the author of Narnia? Yeah. Their friends. What's his name? C.S. Lewis. Yes. So um, at, at these meetings, like Tolkien the other reader mm. and the other writers would read parts of their working texts. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, the other members included notable authors like C.S. Lewis, who wrote Chronicles of Narnia, mm-hmm. Charles Williams, Owen Barfield, and Hugo Dyson. Like Hugo Dyson, by the way, who hated Lord of the Rings so much that he would protest during the readings. And like enough so that Tolkien eventually just left the group because of that dude. Oh my god, yeah. he? <laughs> I know. <laughs> it was just like, just like, fuck this, I'm better than this. And just left. Wow. Um, yeah, but so on Monday or Tuesday lunchtimes at a pub called. The Eagle and Child. Get out of here. I know, I know. And it was nicknamed The Bird and Baby or simply The Bird, which I think is very cool. Uh, The illustration on the front of the pub is very similar to that of this very podcast. Oh, you're kidding. Yeah, it's an eagle carrying like this little baby in its claws. That's so excellent. Yeah, except I think in this case it's just- Wait, did you choose it? Because of no. that. Oh, it's just a coincidence. It's just a coincidence. And so, it, like, so in, in the illustration of this podcast, it's a condor carrying a man mm. in a tunic, whereas in for the eagle and child. It's an eagle carrying a child. It's an eagle carrying an infant, Oof. like, wrapped in a little blanket thing. Ah. And I don't think Is he keeping it secret, keeping it safe? It. <laughs> yeah, it's keeping it secret, <laughs> keeping it safe. Hopefully not about to eat it. We don't know. But we don't know. It's one for the ages. But isn't that, it's like, now I realize this, like, that's the imagery of an eagle carrying a hobbit. Yeah. And Christopher Lee, who played Saruman, Saruman. even visited the pub in the late, uh, in the 1950s. Yeah. And met Tolkien. Uh, Just by chance? By chance. Oh. Did he tell him that his book sucked and that he was leaving leaving the group? (laughs) (laughs) Saruman? (laughs) Yeah. No, he was just very disappointed he wasn't going to make a feature in the final book. Yeah. (laughs) In the final movie. Um... So, yeah, look, and this is a, uh, my last fact for this podcast. It's a very tenuous link. Uh, but what does The Lord of the Rings, right, my favorite books, have in common with my favorite musicians who also 
sung a lot about birds. They're nerds? No. Oh. Who's, well, can you know who I'm talking about at least? The Beatles. Yeah. What do they have in common? The Beatles tried to make a Lord of the Rings movie. Oh, my God, of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> I just think that's amazing. And they, like, they were going to... Have you... <laughs> what? Never mind. But yeah. I can't believe I, I just blanked on that. Of course. Yeah. yeah. They, and they wanted Stanley Kubrick to direct it. And he said, no. Nah. <laughs> He's like, I'm not making a Lord of the Rings movie. Have the you Beatles seen playing the them. movies that the Beatles made? No, I've never watched any of oh them. Oh, my I God. Really should. If yeah. you're going to watch one, you need to watch Help. It makes no sense. Yeah, I'm not surprised. <laughs> I feel like that Lord of the Rings movie wouldn't have made much sense either. No. The weirdest thing about it is they weren't even planning on playing The Hobbits. Like, they just each oh. one. I think, like, yeah, George Harrison wanted to play Gandalf. <laughs> like... That checks out. Yeah, it actually does. I yeah. Was like, yeah, sick. I always thought it would be better if um, if they played all the Hobbits and then Yusuf Islam played the Gandalf. <laughs> Cat Stevens. Yeah. Who would you play? If I was in- If you were cast in Lord of the Rings, who I would you I feel like play? I don't have a, like a choice. What do you mean you don't have a choice? I'm well, giving you a choice. I, I'm not- Like, I can't pull off a Gandalf character. All like, that I'm, is left is to decide. Yeah, I feel like I'm already a Hobbit. Like, You're a Hobbit. Yeah. But do you want to be a Hobbit? Uh, you could be. You could yeah, I think I do. Like, you I, be. I like the lifestyle of a hobbit. I wouldn't be one of the main four either. I'd just be one of those like grumpy ones in the background. Like, I don't. Fatty Bulger. Yeah, Fatty Bulger. <laughs> oh, poor old Fatty Bulger didn't make a cut in the movies. Like, such a big character in the. <laughs> like, uh, arguably, one of the original troop. Like, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Is that right? Yeah, yeah he went with um, Frodo and Pippin to yeah. the outskirts of the Shire. Who would you be? Who would they? Who, mm, Unfortunately, you've got, pony. Dis- you've got a disadvantage as a woman in yeah. Lord of the Rings. So, no. Because there are like two characters. Um, I'd be keen to be like an Urukai. Oh, oh, really? Yeah. The, the Witch King. You're going to be like an Easter movie. Lane. You want to be in the movie. You want to have like a yeah, cool an costume rider. and like. Oh, you mean in the movie? I yeah. think you in real life. No, no. If you're going to be oh, in the you film. Oh, you want to play a character yeah, in the Yeah, that's film. why I said you had the decision. Oh, my God. You can choose. Yeah, probably still have it. <laughs> yeah, I'd want to it's be. It's like one day of work, you get free dinner. I want <laughs> a really great. fantastic costume. Do you? Yeah, yeah, I think. Yeah. So I think either like heavy makeup, Urukai, or. The Witch King would be sick. Would be fun. Yeah. Oh yeah. One of the one of the black riders. That potato headed orc. Or the orc that has another head attached to it. Oh yeah. He wears like another head as a hat. Yeah, I'd like to have I'd like to have a stupid costume if I was gonna be in that. Yeah. I'm red headed though, so I'd end up being like Executed and burnt at the stake. Well no no no, I was oh. getting, I would be like I would be like, you know, one of the men, probably. Yeah, because a lot of the writers of Rohan were, were mm. in, in the films. Yeah, because of their luscious hair. And because they could ride horses really well. I cannot. Yeah. <laughs> no, I can ride, but not well. Yeah. Mm-mm. Have we... I've, look, I hope that this was birdie enough for all my regular listeners and you just sort of uh, humoured us enough to listen to our bird-watching chat. Is there anything else you can think of bird-related for Lord of the Rings? See, like for me, it's always about, like, impacts and management which is why i was like oh the frogs they had to remove the frogs from the pond and they couldn't have the helicopter in this side of the mountain because of the that's the stuff that i love like is the yeah the way that we interact the way that humans interact with the way things are done and i think and yeah birds in particular yeah what was the environmental impact of like saruman cutting down fangorn forest oh that there's no way he had a developmental approval. No, he came back. <laughs> came back to get him. There. Yeah. Good there. Mm. Look, Liz, this has been absolutely lovely. Thank you so much for coming up and just talking. And breaking into your house and stealing your podcast. I know, I know. I'm just I'm just still shocked you got in. Yeah. And well, you should lock your doors. Well, I normally <laughs> don't have to because I don't want people breaking in. Um, but again, thanks again for being on the podcast for the second time. You're my first reoccurring guest. And um, hopefully we didn't lose too many of the listeners along the way. Yeah. Hopefully no one heard my voice and went, this isn't the podcast that I listen to. <laughs> yes. uh, all right. Well, thanks everyone for listening. And, uh, and I'll leave you with this. I know half of you half as well as I should like. And I like less than half of you half as well as you deserve. Perfectly executed.
welcome to the show, Caesar. Sorry, look, it's it, amazing to have you here on the show, my show, Death by Burning, the podcast. It's nice to see you, but <laughs> what are you doing in my house? I'm doing the show. What You're late. Sh- what show? Oh wait, actually, fuck. Did we have an episode to record today? <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is we're doing the Lord of the Rings episode. Oh yeah, we're doing. Is the Lord that of tonight? The Ring- yeah, we're doing oh, your I'm, episode. Oh my god, I'm so sorry. I just. Like, I was just driving home, and I must have lost track of time, because I was... It's crazy. It's a crazy story. You probably wouldn't believe it, but, like, I broke down, and I ended up falling down this hole, and, um, anyway, like, I'm here now, so it's all good. It's no big deal. Uh, um, what's, what's that you've got there in your pocket? Um, I don't... Literally don't know what you're talking about. I'm ignoring that. It's fine. There's nothing in my pocket. Show me them. No, but there's nothing in my pocket, so I don't know why I'd show you nothing. Oh, well, that sounds like something that someone would say that mm. had maybe a great ring of power in their pocket. I, I, look, if I did have something like that, which I don't, uh, I, I would just show you, because why wouldn't I? Because, you know what I mean? I just don't understand why it's such a big deal. What, about the, can what? you just drop the ring? Like, the whole time I've been I here, you talking like about this ring. the audience would just like to know what he's got the, in his pocket. Oh, sis. my God, just please drop the ring. So, like, the whole time, why are you always talking about this ring? There's no ring. <laughs> it's mine. There's no ring. And if there was, I got it legitimately, and uh, it was fine. I don't even like riddles. <laughs> Well, if you've stuck around this long, uh, hopefully you enjoyed it. Uh, but I just wanted to uh, to drop in at the end and say thank you to Marcin Jakobek, who uh, provided me with the music, with that lovely power metal rendition of uh, Howard Shaw's Concerning Hobbits, which is great. Uh, I'll put a link in the, uh, in the description of this episode so you can see and listen to the... Uh, to the full track. Also, uh, there are still some tickets available for uh, the live show at Junk Bar on the 14th of December, but there are like fewer than 10 left. So if you're keen to come along to that, please do. And uh, also merch orders need to be in by the 30th of September. I can't guarantee I'll ever do them again, um, but otherwise I'm sorry that I'm just here fucking dribbling into the microphone. Uh, but I wanted to release this episode today, uh, which, if you're listening, is the 22nd of September, which is Bilbo and Frodo's birthday. So, happy birthday, Bilbo and Frodo. Goodbye, everyone.